particulars, if you just go straight down the passage, you'll find them there, and they have something that has been prepared. I'm sure you have all heard the cliche, let's put Christ back into Christmas. Have you heard that somewhere along the line? Now, I just need to say this morning, I don't believe in that cliche because the very reason we celebrate Christmas is Christ. How can you put Christ back into something that was originated because of Him? We celebrate what we do at this time of the year because of Christ. But, I, but at the same time, is this going on and off? Just, just wave a hand if it is, I'll use another mic. But, but the one thing that I have realized is that people have made that statement because they feel other things are encroaching on that. I mean, Jingle Bells doesn't really give you a focus on Jesus, does it? And I'm not sure that I've seen a Father Christmas who's drawn me to Jesus either. So I think what's happened is, is people are taking note of the fact there's a massive commercializing of Christmas uh, that's taken place, and there's a sense in which we have lost our focus. And so the responsibility we have as the church and as God's people is to refocus and remind ourselves that this is all about Him. Now, <clears throat> we've been... For this Christmas season, we've been focusing on the theme, the unexpected gift. Because if you look in the Christmas story, you'll discover there are a whole lot of unexpected things that happen over there. There there are the unexpected people that God uses. Who would have ever thought that a young Jewish girl, 14 or 15 years old, would be the mother of the Messiah? That's very unusual. How, How did that happen? And God uses unusual people. He's still doing that. Nothing has changed. Then God works in unexpected ways. And when we're going to look at this morning at at the life of Joseph, he's he's another part of that Christmas story. And we see how God works in unexpected ways. And he does so um, in the life of Joseph. I think the one thing that struck me when I was um, thinking about um, this morning and and, uh, the sermon this morning, the message this morning, is that Although Christmas is a very special time of the year, and it's special because people go on leave. How many of you are on, on leave at the moment? Okay. Some of you are permanently on leave. So. But, you know, it's shut down. Kids are on school holidays. Unfortunately, only four weeks. Used to be in the back in the day. It was six weeks. Now things have changed a little bit. But isn't it very interesting that although we're celebrating quite an important time of the year for all of us, that life just still goes on? Have you noticed things don't stop uh, because of Christmas? Um, Have any of you stopped having a birthday because it's December and Christmas time? Who's had a birthday this month anyway? Some of you have. Wow, let's give them a round of applause. Awesome, we want to celebrate that with you. People still have wedding anniversaries when Christmas comes around. Anybody married in December and celebrating? Woo, amen, lovely, awesome. People still get sick when Christmas comes around. Isn't it sad? But we do. And I mean, I, I, um, I had a phone call just a, a couple of weeks ago um, from uh, a family in the church that we were pastoring. 
um, in East London. And just to say, uh, one of the men in the church that I'd got to know really well, they just discovered that he'd got cancer and it had spread in his body. And it was interesting. I phoned him up immediately and I said to him, you know, so sad to hear that. want you to know that we're praying for you and standing with you. And it was interesting, as we were talking, I remembered when we started there, in the beginning of our ministry, he was the first person that came to Christ uh, in our time over there. And, and I said, and how are you managing? And he just broke down and he said, John, if it wasn't for God, I just think all those years ago, go, go, he came to know Christ. People still get sick. People still do stupid things around Christmas. Have you noticed that? I don't know how many of you saw on News 24 that uh, the bus driver of an Intercape bus. Did any of you watch that little video clip? I had a look at it. Overtaking two heavy-duty vehicles on a solid line where he couldn't see what was coming. And guess what? There was a passenger who had one of those cell phones. And you know what we do with them? We video things when things go wrong. And you got this beautiful picture of this Intercape bus passing on the solid line. Couldn't see a thing with full of passengers. Imagine. If a card come around, people still do stupid things, even though it's Christmas. People still face challenges, don't they? I, uh, just three weeks ago, I, I got news um, that my, my, my elderly mother had fallen twice, once very badly in a week, and I had to get on a plane and fly up to, to Pretoria, and, uh, and for the very first time in her whole life, She's in a little room in frail care. She can't drive her car anymore. Can't go to the shops anymore. Can't go to the bank anymore. And this is part of her challenge for, for this Christmas. First time ever. And that's a reality that will come around for all of us. But in the Christmas story, <clears throat> we discover that Joseph, who's about to get married, is facing a very, very awkward situation. The, the, the woman that he's about to marry is pregnant. And you know that when you know that the child she is carrying cannot possibly be yours, all kinds of thoughts start to go around in your mind, don't you? I mean, we've made this so religious and so romantic, we've forgotten the reality of what happened to Joseph. I mean, that was a crisis in his life. And as Joseph is trying to figure out what to do, God intervenes and God sends an angel who speaks to him in a dream. And let's look at what happened there. And so Matthew says, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. Isn't it interesting he's already called her husband even though they're only engaged? You notice that? Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord, here it is, appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she'll give birth to a son. And you to give him the name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child, 
and will give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, here's the powerful thing. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. What happens here in this account is that when Joseph hears that Mary is pregnant, he decides to divorce her quietly which you all know is the kindest thing he could have possibly done for her at that stage. You all know, as I do, that a woman caught in adultery would be stoned. She would be publicly stoned. She would be publicly disgraced. You see, in those days, marriage consisted of two parts. It consisted of the engagement and then the marriage itself. Unlike today... The engagement was considered to be the first step in marriage. And the only way to break it off was to get divorced. I mean, I'd like to ask you to just... I mean, you know, we, we talk a lot today about virtual reality. You all know what virtual reality is. Let's, let's just do something like that this morning. Let's, in our imagination, go back to the conversation that probably took place between Joseph and Mary at that stage. So Mary comes to Joseph and she says, Joseph, you may want to sit down. I've got something really important to tell you. Joseph, okay, I'm sitting down. What's happened? Well, believe it or not, Joseph, I'm actually pregnant. But I just want to assure you that I've never been unfaithful to you, not for a moment. And? Well, Mary says, the Holy Spirit somehow made me pregnant. Joseph, you, you surely don't expect me to believe that, do you? Now, just remember, at that stage, Joseph hasn't had the visit from the angel. He hasn't had the dream. But one thing you can be sure of, that this disturbing news that he has received is terrible for him. From planning a wedding, he's now planning a divorce. That's what happened. And it's right here, right in the middle of a personal crisis that Joseph has a, a visit from an angel that changed everything from that moment onwards. And it's what the angel says to Joseph that changes his mind. And isn't it still true today? It's what God says that changes everything. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that when we go back to God and we listen to what God is saying and we go back into God's Word, our perspective of what's happening begins to change? You see, that's the whole purpose of, of listening to God and going back to God's Word is because the way we do things and the, the perspective we have and the decisions we make, they begin to change when we consult with Him. I remember when Terry and I decided to get married we found ourselves facing a very tricky family situation. and the, the situation was of the nature that it potentially would lead to us not being married at all. I remember us uh, driving back from Port Elizabeth to Johannesburg where we were living at that stage. And we sat in the car and looked at each other and we said, and now what? What are we going to do in the light of this very difficult, tricky situation? And so we decided we would take time out and we'd take time to pray and we'd take time to go into God's Word. 
And I remember Terry coming and spending time in the, in the Lord's Word and, and came back to me and said, John, as I was reading the Scriptures, God gave me a perspective on this. And these are the words that He has spoken. And this is what we need to do because God has spoken into the situation. Friends, may I say to you today, when God speaks, things change. That's what makes a difference. Now the very first thing that the angel says to Joseph is that this little baby that Mary is carrying has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. You'll find it in verse 20. And what the angel was saying to Joseph was mind-blowing. He was saying to her, your wife is still a virgin. And the child that she is carrying has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. That's mind-blowing stuff. I don't know for you, for you, but it is for me. And of everything that happens around in the account of, of the birth of Jesus, this is probably the most difficult one to swallow. Some of you may know Larry King, the, the talk show host in the United States. And he was asked one day, if you could interview anybody in the entire world who ever existed, who would it be? And without hesitation, he said, I'd like to ask Jesus Christ if he was indeed born of a virgin. Because the answer to that question would define history for me. And Mary herself asks, how is it possible for me, I'm a virgin, I'm an unmarried woman. How can I bear a child? And the answer is found in Luke's gospel. The angel answered, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Friends, it was through the Holy Spirit. It is by the power of God that Jesus is conceived. The very first thing Joseph is told is that God has chosen Mary, this woman you're going to be married to, that the Holy Spirit is at work in her life, that the power of God has made this possible. And friends, as we come around to another Christmas in 2018, this is another reminder that God has come. The Holy Spirit is at work in people's lives. And through the power of God, the impossible becomes the possible. Friends, this is what Christmas is all about. It's not about a baby in a manger. It's about the power of God coming upon a woman. It's a way that God works in people's lives. Friends, I want us to get hold of this this morning because I think sometimes it's been so diluted we've lost sight of the truth. But that's not all. There's more to come. Because the angel also said that this child who is to be born is God Himself. Verse 22 and verse 23 tells us that. And every Christmas that comes around reminds us that Jesus is God. It reminds us that God became a human being just like you and me, except for sin. It reminds us that God knows what it's like to live in our fallen world. It reminds us that God knows that things aren't always easy. That's the point. God became a man. God became a human being like you and me. Do you know that God knows what it's like to grow up in a, in a poor family? Do you know that God knows what it's like because He grew up in a poor family? Did you know that God knows what it's like to grow up as a young person? You say, well, God could never understand what it's like to be a teenager. He does. 
He grew up. God knows what it's like to obey your parents. Just think about that. God knows what it's like to face temptation. God Himself knows what it's like to be a human being who needs to obey God Himself. Isn't it true that because God came to us, that we can have hope? Isn't it true that because God came to us, we can have peace? And that we do not have to fear. You see, God came to bring us His peace. There is a peace that you can get in this world. That's not what God came to bring. He came to bring you heaven's peace. And when God came, He came to bring heaven's hope. Not this world's hope. Not the promise of a boss or a promise of a government or the promise of a president. He came to bring His hope. And friends, there is nothing like the hope of God. And He came to bring His love. And He came to bring His joy. God entered into man and became a man. And He brought with Him all that heaven has to offer. And He says, it's for you. Christmas reminds us that God did not send an angel, and he did not send a messenger to accomplish these things. He came himself. He came in person. And he came for you and for me. Listen to the words of the angel, angels to the shepherds. Do not be afraid. Luke chapter 2. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Friends, we are the all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And He is Christ the Lord. That's the good news. But then there's another thing that Joseph is told by the angel is that this child will save people from their sin. You'll call his name Jesus because he'll save his people from their sins. And Joseph discovers this only because it was revealed to him that God's salvation has come to the world and God's salvation, friends, is through Jesus. There's no other way to be saved except through Jesus. You know that the name Jesus actually means Jehovah is Salvation. That's what the name Jesus means. And the question many people ask is, well, why do we need to be saved? Well, the answer to that question is something every single one of us have discovered. And it's this. Because sin has power over us. Sin controls us. Sin affects us. Of all the people in the world, South Africans know this to be true. Every day we see how people hate one another. How many of us wished that the hatred would go away? But wishing doesn't do it. You need to be saved from the power of that, you see. How, how people are angry with one another in our country. Constantly we see violent, angry outbursts. Go on Facebook, go on to social media, and you'll see it. People in the newspapers, everywhere there are outbursts of anger. How people take advantage of one another. And we can't seem to stop it. 
And there's not one person here this morning, I'm willing to bet, that wants things to be like this ongoing. There's not one person who actually wants to be bitter. There's not one person who wants to hate. There's not one person who wants to live in a divided nation. The tragedy is we do. Friends, Christmas reminds us that God came to save people from this. God's salvation has come to the world. Our solution in our country is not another government, it's Jesus. And I'm not trying to minimize the reality of change that may be necessary. Paul, when he was writing to the Galatian church, said when the time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law, to save them. Do you know that because of the birth of Jesus, people can be free? But I want to turn that around a little bit. We often think of what we're free from. Let me speak about what we are free to do. We are free to be kind. When you get saved, you are free to be kind. When when you get saved and when I get saved, we are free to be patient. We are free to be gentle. We are free to forgive. We are free to serve. We are free to love. Just imagine how different the world can be when people are free in Jesus. John the Apostle said, if the Son will set you free, you will be free indeed. You see, Jesus didn't only come to save us from sin. That's the critical thing. He didn't only come to save us from sin. He came to replace it with something better. This is not me just stopping with something. This is not just me not doing things anymore. This is me changing and becoming a new creation, somebody who is different. Now, the most amazing part of the story is this to me. If a lowly carpenter from Nazareth can believe what the angel said to him, why can't we? What stops us believing? If a lowly carpenter, perhaps uneducated carpenter, an unknown human being, an angel came and spoke to him. Friends, what stops us believing this story today? What stops us believing what the angel had to say? Because I believe every time Christmas comes around, we have an opportunity to believe again. We have an opportunity to say, God, I believe. Some of you have had your doubts during this year for different reasons. I've had mine as well. Some of you have faced some really difficult challenges this year. I know that I have. Some of you have had to make some tough choices during this year, and many of us have had to do that. Some of you may have even had reason to doubt that God exists or that God cares or that God loves you. But friends, as Christmas comes around again, it's time to refocus. It's time to be reminded. It's time to believe again. It's time to believe again. You might say, John, but I've been believing for such a long time. Well, believe again today. Every day is a fresh opportunity to say, I believe. I believe. 
Do you know that the one thing that stops everything in its tracks is when God's people say, I believe. Do you know what changes a life is when a person says, I believe. I believe He is Jesus. I believe God has come. I believe God is with us. I believe things don't have to be like this anymore. And let's finish this year by doing what Joseph did. The Bible says he believed what the angel said. And he put it into practice. And friends, as we finish the service this morning, I want to invite you to say, I believe again. I believe prophetically we need to say that. I believe we need to enact that. And stand and say, God, I believe. And this is what I'm asking you to say, I believe. When an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Friends, to stand this morning and say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the power of God. I believe that through God's power, the impossible becomes the possible. I believe. To say, and then he went on to say, and she'll give birth to a son. And you to give him the name Jesus because he will save people from their sins. And say, I believe in Jesus. And I believe he changes people's lives. And I believe he takes the old and puts it aside and transforms us and makes us new people. And you're saying, I believe that today. And the third thing he said to Joseph was all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child. And will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel. Because God is with us. And this morning for us as a people to stand and say, We believe in the 21st century, at the end of 2018, that God is with us. Friends, may I appeal to you. Do not be like the rest of the world. There is tragedy out there. There is heartbreak out there. Things are looking terrible out there. Things are unbundling and winding down at a rate of knots that's scary. But what is the the most powerful thing for me is in this world to stand and say, I believe. I believe. I believe. Friends, if, if you want to stand with me this morning and say, I believe, God, I believe these things. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe that He came to save. I believe that God is with us. I'm going to invite you to stand. If you for the first time are doing that, you may be saying to yourself, God has spoken to me. My heart has opened up this morning. I want to say to you, I believe these things. I want to invite you to stand up right now. And you're saying as you stand, I believe. I believe. Nico, if we can have the team come up here. We've got a song as you're standing this morning. And I felt it is important for us to make a declaration today. I'm not sure that we value and appreciate how powerful a declaration is. I think God's people knew how powerful a declaration could be. There's a song that um, is written by Chris Tomlin. It's called Joy to the World. You know the part that goes into joy, unspeakable joy, that one. And I may invite you to sing it this morning. Because we can say there is joy in the world because Christ has come. 
Not because everything's right, but because Christ has come. That's the reason there is joy in the world. So I want to invite you to sing. I've asked the team to really go for it. I want to ask you to go for it. And let's leave you celebrating this morning that Christ has come, the Lord has come, and God is with us. And friends, face the new year, face today, face tomorrow, saying, God is with me. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. What a privilege. Man, I wish I could preach that all over again. <laughs> Just warming up. <laughs>